0: Chapter 3, verses 23 to 29. Now, before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinary until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subjective to disciplinary. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many as As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male or female. For all of you are in one in Christ Jesus, and if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's offspring. Here's according to the promise, the word of the Lord. You know, when I was in second grade, I remember that when I was young, and and if you're young, like if you're in second grade now, that, that basically you want to fit in. You want not to stand out. You don't want to be different when you're a child. And so in second grade, I was diagnosed with the, the, the tremors in my hands, which was a vertical and horizontal tremor. I was diagnosed with a learning disability. I was diagnosed with a speech impediment. I was diagnosed being severely bow-legged. And I remember thinking in the second grade, I don't want to be this way. I want to be like you guys. I don't want to struggle this way. This is horrible for me. And especially as a second grader where you're trying to conform, you're trying to fit in, that you stick your hands in your pockets all the time because you don't want anyone to notice that you are different. Now, I remember telling my mother this, and I said, Mom, I don't want to be different, but we grew up in a church, so I decided that prayer is powerful, isn't it? And so I was told maybe that you should pray about this, that the Lord will heal you completely from all the elements that you have been given. So every day, I prayed. I prayed, Lord, I don't want to stick out. I want you to heal my tremor. I want you to heal this. I want to fit into our community so every day I would wake up and I would look at my hands and I go dang now I don't know if you've been praying about things in your life that you just want to be healed you want not to control your life anymore But when I was tested in 1975 under San Francisco doctors, which was totally humiliating, they said Kevin has what's called a delayed birth defect. He was born this way, and so therefore I had to live with it because they said I was born this way. They told my parents that I need structure, discipline, rules. Because when you have disabilities, especially learning disabilities, that basically routines and rules and fundamental structure is important in a child's life for development. Just with any child, you have to have structure. And so therefore, my parents were very structured with, to this day, my marriage has to be structured. We say, we have traditions. No, we don't have traditions. It's what we have to have it structured. Things have to be consistent. When Brooke and I put the sermons together, if you notice, I read uh, parts of my sermon. That keeps me structured, that I don't go off on a tangent, that I have to land every once in a while in the sermon, and I'm getting to the point where I have to read. And so as a child, you have to understand that all you want to to be is loved for who you are and accepted for who you are. Now, a lot of this things has to do with the adult law adults that they need structure in their lives as well. All of us do. Or we'll go crazy without structure. Now watch me land on structure. Look at the screen. But there's a lot of adults who turn to what we call fundamentalist religion for scripture. For structure. They see God's people as a family of fundamentalists. And so, therefore, I don't know when you hear the fundamentalist church or fundamentalist or I'm a fundamentalist, it has a negative or a positive, it matters who you are, but basically, it's structured. And so, if you look at the word fundamental and look at the meaning of fundamental, it's really, uh, the interpretation is called a basic principle. But when we look at the uh, longer definition that I've put on the screen, fundamental is a basic principle rule law, or the like, that serves as a groundwork of a system. That's the definition of fundamental. So if you're a fundamentalist in the religious sense, you have a religion that is based on certain basic rules. And so what happens, you look at Scripture, you read Scripture from the beginning to the end, and you say, these are the rules that this religion or this church will live by. And so we live by certain rules. And it's interesting to me because I'm very interested in this fundamentalist, fundamentalist religion is growing rapidly in the United States, not just within the evangelical church, but within Hinduism and Islam. Fundamentalist Islam, fundamentalism Hinduism is growing rapidly in the United States. And so you ask the question, why is this? And for me, it's easy. Because it's just rules that we need to live by. You just tell me how to live and I'll just live it. You just tell me what to believe, I'll believe it. You just tell me how to act, I'll act it. And so therefore we look at it. And so back on the screen, when it comes to religion, people often often, often say and say say, just tell me what I need to do. tell me what I me mean, what I'm supposed to do to get it right with God. And so we have people that write books that say, here are the rules, here are the steps, here's the nine steps, seven steps, six steps, five steps, to live by, by God's rules. And therefore, if you live by these certain rules, then somehow we believe that God is going to bless me in certain areas of my life. And then I get my golden ticket, which is called heaven. And so a lot of us struggle with, hey, if I live by the rules, then God will heal me in a certain area of my life if I obey these rules. Listen, for a guy that lives by rules all the time, it hasn't worked when it comes to my healing. And so today, I looked at Paul, the Apostle Paul, which is fascinating (laughs) to me, because I tell you all the time, when I go to heaven, I want to meet Paul. I really do, because he just seems, the word rad, is that the 80s terms? Hey, <laughs> yeah, let me live in the 80s. They were good. <laughs> okay. But here today's reading, follow me on the screen. In the book of Galatians, Paul is dealing with fundamentalists. Paul preached the good news to the non-Jews of Gal- Galilee, and they embraced it. But then some fundamentalists showed up and said, wait a minute, not so fast. Paul didn't get it right, and besides, he's not even a real apostle. You need to follow the Jewish religious laws too. Men, you have to get circumcised, you all have to start eating kosher food, and you learn to follow all the religious fundamentals. So, the people in Galatians that were manifested by the Holy Spirit that received Christ and decided to follow Jesus in their lives were going, Wait, what do you, I'm confused now. Because now I gotta live by your rules, I gotta live. By this particular way. So look what Paul says to them. It's found in Scripture. Galatians chapter 3 23 starts. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Now, if you look at the definition of disciplinarian, the, the closest English word that has to do with the original language is the word nanny. Now, I don't know if you, uh, when you think a nanny, you think very disciplined. Keep your kids right on. There was a show long ago That, what was it called? Something nanny? Basically, the parents, like, I don't know what to do with my kids. I have no discipline. They would come in and beat the kid. I don't know how they did it. But the kids were standing still because that nanny came in with a set of rules. And children need rules. And so, therefore, they live by rules. But Paul is saying there ain't no need for the nanny now. Now follow me on the screen. Paul is basically saying there was once a place for the law before Christ came. People needed the fundamentals to keep them in line. But not anymore. With Christ, it is no longer has to be about fundamentals. Instead, it has to do with faith and about trusting the way of Christ. So Paul is saying when we have faith in Christ, that is evidence of spiritual maturity not the rules and so when we have let me say it again when we have faith in christ that is the evidence of spiritual maturity it's not rule-based religion it's faith based with jesus and so therefore paul is saying fire the nanny you don't need the nanny your service is no longer needed now, back on the screen, unfortunately, a lot of Christians never understand that the nanny has been dismissed. Some of us are even, even prefer the nanny because it makes it easier. And some seem to want to play the nanny who tells everyone else what they should, should or should not be doing. But if we were all stuck in a rule-based religion, we would never grow up to have a mature faith. You see where I'm going with this? Because maturity is one of the things to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. To be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to grow and mature in faith, not rules. And so, now I'm sorry to say, but fundamentalists, because I grew up in a fundamental church. Uh, and, and, and one of the things is, uh, and a lot of fundamentalists, and I'm not saying all, that we grew up in a certain denomination, that we had Disneyland night, that basically for our denomination only. So what we did, it was sometime in January from 4 4 p.m. to midnight, all of us got together because we were one big group, or we say clique. God forbid we didn't go to Disneyland other days. I grew up, you can't play with cards, playing cards. You can play with root cards, but you can't play with gambling cards. I couldn't go to movies. I couldn't dance, because dancing was vertical sex. Doesn't make any sense, because when I dance, it looks like vertical seizure. <laughs> I call 911, he, I don't know how he's standing, but he looks like he's losing it. <laughs> okay, because I can't dance <laughs> oh, wow, whatsoever. Do you see? But I had to learn how to live by faith. And so sometimes we, we'd say, if you're in the in group, you're in, the in with God, but if you don't belong to us or if you're not part of our denomination, then you're part of the out group. Jesus created a new family. And I put it on the screen here it is the family of the free we just finished singing that we're free methodists and so who is in this family paul tells us who's part of this family and he gets really deep in here it's found in galatians chapter 3 verse 27 he says this as many of you were baptized into christ have clothed yourself with christ now that's a deep statement if you follow with me but paul makes a powerful image here and he says this it's on the screen, instead of wearing fundamentals those who have been baptized into Christ are to put on Christ when we put on Christ our Christianity is not a put on putting on Christ has to do with one fundamental only it is to follow his command to love one another as he has loved us that is a tough command Because loving you sometimes can be difficult. And loving me, according to my wife, it ain't easy. Okay? But you have to understand, he gives you an understanding. To love love one another as he loved us, oh, good night. He gave his life up for us. That is the most unconditional type of love that you can ever imagine. And I don't know if I'm capable of that unless i'm filled with the holy spirit or i'm capable of that if i'm not if i'm not living by faith jesus always had tendencies to talk to people heart to heart he touched people's hearts he looked beyond who they were and went into their hearts and so, on the screen, Jesus saw people in this non-judgmental way that doesn't divide people into groups based on their outward appearance. He hung around the prostitutes. He hung around the lepers. He hung around the tax collectors. Where all the religious people were going, Oh, these guys are horrible. Because God knew their hearts. And Paul got this. He said this. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Paul got it. You are not better than me. I'm not better than you. We are one. God hasn't healed me, but that's fine. We are one. And so I think God's been showing me when it comes, because I went through the whole recalibration in my life. I went through restored in order to restore. I've been going everywhere emotionally because I really think the Lord's really pushing me to become more like Him. And it's hard. It's very difficult to do this. But the thing is for me, I don't want our church to be known for its fundamentals. I don't want us to be a fundamentalist church. I want us to be a church that calls on Jesus every single day of our lives. I want a church that all of a sudden when we when you are looked at, they go, dang, I think I just saw Jesus. I saw his compassion. I saw his love. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of things. And let me be the first one thing. There's no judgment, just love. Oh, I was inspired when we put that on the shirts. I was thinking, you know, that's hard stuff. Did you know the Lord convicted me? I gotta stop talking about politics and start loving people and caring about people that, are, that believe the opposite that I am because God loves all of us. And I feel strong in my political views, but it's not important. I need a love. I need to care. And so therefore, I need people to experience the love of Christ through me and through this church. If you look, look on the screen, what would church be like if we were more like Jesus? Think about it. What would we be like if all of us were living a life that represents Jesus? Would we have a deeper relationship with him? See, I really don't care if you disagree or agree with Scripture because Scripture is meant for us to wrestle with. I'm telling you right now, when I married my wife, we did not agree on 100% of everything. And you know what? 19 years of marriage, we still don't agree on a lot of stuff. But what holds our marriage together is our love for one another. Not our politics not our theology, not the way we believe, but our love for one another. And so today I want, I want to um, read a document that I think is vitally important, that was written about a year and a half ago, and I've been nervous about talking about it, but I think it's appropriate now. And as we close ourselves in Christ so we can become the family, not the family of fundamentalists, but the family of God, the family of Jesus. So if you open up your bulletin, and I, I it's going to be on the screen. If you don't have the bulletin, then that's fine. You can get a bulletin later. The reason I put it in the bulletin, because I want you to see it. Now, if you can promise not to get ahead of me, because that's a lot of things when you learn. Don't give somebody anything. They're going to read right ahead of everything. So when I read it, you follow with me. Don't go ahead. I know there's one of you is going Okay? But the question is, as a pastor, as a church, am I really welcome here? Am I really welcome here at this church? And so follow me. Yes, our motto is no judgment, only love. It's sad that many churches advertise that all are welcome, but they don't spell out exactly what that means. You can walk in a lot of churches and know right away what kind of church it is. Is it a black or white church? Is it conservative or liberal? Is it formal or informal? Or they believe this or that. It's funny how we tend to draw dividing lines and pick the sides that most conforms to our preferences. In these extreme polarized times, we don't want to add to the division. Jesus welcomed and engaged with people from all backgrounds and walks of life. We seek to be a community which is centered around the radical hospitality of grace of Jesus. We wanna be defined by the love of grace of Jesus rather than the lines that divide us by our religious doctrines, how we interpret scripture, partisan, politics, race, ethnicity, economic status, sexual orientation, gender and abilities, or I say disabilities. You are welcome here if you have the desire to live in love and peace with everyone. You do not have to conform in any other way. To our LGBTQ friends, we are saddened that some of you may have experienced where you thought you were welcome and fully included in the church, only to find out later that that was not the case. We don't consider it to be a loving act when churches lie by what they fall, fail to say. We are not going to be that kind of church, or I'm not going to be that kind of pastor. So here's the truth right up front. All people, regardless of sexual orientation, are welcomed at MCF. to participate in the full life of the church, including baptism and taking communion. However, our denomination does not allow its ministers to perform gay marriages and does not ordain LGBT people as clergy. We're getting close. We know that there is a robust debate among many Christians on this issue. However, Jesus never saw people as an issue. We try not to either. On this, like any other area that divides people, the only thing we are required of people at MCF, either gay or straight, is to seek to live in love and peace with everyone, as Jesus commands. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said this, though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike. May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion. MCF will always be a diverse church which seeks unity around the radical grace, love, and hospitality of Jesus. Now, let me close in this illustration. All through my life, I've been judged by my disabilities. I've had people pray over me that I'm going to heal. I've had people pray loudly over me. I've had people anoint me. I've had people pray in tongues for me to be healed. But I haven't yet. When I was ordained in 1995, I was ordained in a way that took my disabilities in this denomination and wrote an ordination process that brought my disabilities in and therefore I could learn, I could do this and then I was ordained in 1995. If you look at the church now, there is no children with disabilities in the church. You go to any evangelical church, there's none. We don't have them. Because there's a subtle message the church has sent to people like me. That basically, quote, the reason you're this way is because of the sins of your father or the sins of your grandfather. And so therefore, I'm cursed. You read Johnny Erickson, you know her, don't you? I got all my data from her ministry because one of my good friends a tough executive there and he's the one that's told me this and I go you know what it's absolutely true and so when I became a pastor here 20, 20 years ago the Lord put on my heart years before that if you can't find the example then become the example and so therefore you have provided a safe place for me be me. You see? November 5th is I'm seeing a specialist that I've been waiting five years for that basically I may be up, be qualified to have surgery to fix my tremor. I have hope that one day I will be healed but I need your love now. I need your acceptance now. David is interesting here. (laughs) David and I have had this rocky road friendship and stuff. He sits there all the time. But somehow communion always reminded me that I don't fit in the church. Because it has those stupid little glasses (laughs) and those little wafers. I've taken communion about 12 times all the way up to 30 years old because I would walk out that church because I felt unworthy of communion. And when I first started here, I never took communion until someone six years ago served me. David and I have completely two different lives. We have two completely different different histories David always calls me father I call him altar boy (laughs) but he's determined to serve me communion even if somebody else has already served me he serves me because he's not struggling with what I struggle with but I'm not struggling with what he struggles with Do you see that's why communion is a word, communion, that all of us fall short of the glory of God. So, you are welcome here. That's all you want. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord bless his word.